That's the first step in life. You know, spiritually speaking, learn to. Would you give me 1 Kings chapter 7? 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 2 to 6. And it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. Is there a next verse? Amen. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. You know what we need? We need three experiences, very quickly. Everybody say, three experiences. You know, aside from having worked in other places, I'm a credentialed state teacher, or credentialed teacher by the state. I'm on a second master's. I have a first master's in business, but I have, I'm on a second master's of linguistics. That's called TESOL, teaching English to, to students of other languages. Can I give you an example? I'm not just telling you to get a job because I never got a job. I'm telling you what I have done. Bishop Maffei, Sergio Maffei, called and said, you're being designated as, as the missionary and your family, but we're going to meet with President Bishop President Fortino and gave me all the steps. From that day, I entered university classes and said, I need a master's so that I can officially teach Germans how to speak English. And I'm credentialed to teach Spanish as well. I don't use it as often as I do English. Why I'm telling you this? Because never, never choose the least difficult. Choose the challenging. Not the most difficult, but choose the ch challenge yourself. Think big, think bigger. I'm almost done with my second master's. And I can go to Harvard, I can go to Columbia. This is a specialized graduate degree to teach English to anybody, Armenian, Mexican too. And I know there aren't many. Okay, there are. And in Germany, there are 34,000 in Hamburg and thousands more in Berlin. And I plan to use this as an opportunity to teach for free. Maybe charge them a few euros for material, but you want to learn English? Many of them want to learn English, and believe it or not, they want to learn Spanish. They, they, they're big on, on business and commerce. You know, any way that you can, do more. That's what I'm saying. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. You see, the Lord fed Elijah the prophet via ravens. And the ravens brought bread and meat. Can you imagine? They probably went in the cities and took, maybe from a truck, a wagon train. I don't know how they got the bread. And believe me, the meat, they got it though. The Lord ordered them. And for three years, he was fed by ravens. You know, ravens are like the family of crows. They're very big. They're very black. We have some in our, we live on a three-acre farm. I need a tractor desperately. We're remodeling, and now we're going to the mission field, so get, understand that logic. And we didn't know, but uh, there's a tree that just grew out in our front yard, right by the second driveway, because we have two. And my wife said, that's a, that's a, that's a weed, that's a, so I got my chainsaw. Did I tell you about my chainsaw? Okay. And poor little thing, I cut it down to a stump and my wife said, take it out. I was lazy. So I said, later. It didn't happen. The next year it grew into a little tree. Lo and behold, 
That tree should have talked to me. I was killing a fruit tree. It's a pecan tree. You know, pecans, they're expensive, $11.99 a pound or more. How do I know? Because I know. And then I didn't know it was a pecan. You know how I found out? Because the ravens, they are family to the crows. They're very black, very big, big crows. Not the little ones like you have in, in the downtown L.A. area maybe, but these are out in the country. They're fed on hay. I don't know what, but they're fed on some of their big, big animals. Big beak, sharp. And I, I heard things falling on our roof. You know what they were doing? They're very smart. They got the pecan and they drop it on a roof and let it roll down in the cement and break. At least get a little crevice open so that they could get their beak in there and get the meat. The pecan. Then I went up there and there must have been 40, 45 crows in our pecan. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you tried to kill it, but it wanted to speak to you. Do not kill your dream. Your dream. Let it speak to you. Now we let that pecan grow. I need to prune it. And that's another story for another day. It's gotten pretty big. And I'm not as nimble as, as the 11 and, and 13 year old young men. So I may hire someone. Any volunteers let me know. But... I don't pay well, but I feed well. You see Jesus, he gives you a pecan tree and you don't even know it. You try to kill it like I did. And your next step is to take the stump out. There are dreams in us and yet the ravens fed Elijah because he declared that for a certain amount of time there would be no rain and there was none in all the land. There was famine in the land. Have you had a fed by ravens experience? If not, you have not gone deep enough. Everything's microwavable these days. We want it quick and we want it good the first time. But life isn't that way. Next, 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 9 to 14. Arise. Everybody say arise. Go to Seraphath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Because where Elijah was, the brook had gone dry. So then God said to him, I have plan B. You know, sometimes we think that God only has plan A for our life. This is your last chance to touch the hem of his garment and you let it go. That's it. No, God will always reach out to us because he's our father. He loves us like no dad. I, I love my grandchildren. Did I tell you I have three grand, beautiful grandchildren? Zion is eight. Alana is seven. She's the most beautiful little seven-year-old that I have ever met in my life. And the little one I call Bam Bam. He's three. You remember Bam Bam from the Flintstones? He's a solid guy, like a linebacker. His name is Azariah. That's one of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the guys that went into the fire furnace. He's Azariah. Zion just received the Holy Ghost a few months ago, and he's eight years old. I spoke a prophetic word over their lives. We visited in Texas. We preached in the last Sunday at Bishop Lupe Suniga's church. And the last, the New Year's Eve service at a pastor's church in, in Garland, Texas. I forget his name now. Should remember. But before we left, are there any grandparents here? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. There's, there's two and a half, three. <laughs> I spoke a prophetic word over their lives and I said, Zion... You will preach the gospel as an ordained minister. Alana, you will marry a missionary 
and go into a distant land and preach the word of God. And Azariah, you will be an evangelist carrying the word of God. And they looked at me because I stand a little taller than them. And they said, okay. You see, if we speak the word and God says arise and we don't listen to the word of God, God is constantly, is this not true? God is constantly bombarding us with a truth. Arise, your brook has failed you. And we don't hear because of all the iPhone and Instagram and Snapchats and Twitter and whatever else vocabulary of all that social media you can think of. Selfies and more selfies. We're so full of ourselves that we can hear God saying, Arise, your brook has failed you. You know, many times we come to church, we look good on the outside, but on the inside, we are thin. We are in need of nourishment. You see, this is a kumquat tree. But if we don't plant it, if we don't water it, and if we don't shield it from some cold, extreme cold, it can handle some, some serious cold, but extreme, it will die. And if we don't take it out of the bucket, it will die. You have to prune it also, or it will die. And when God prunes, it hurts. I've been pruned a few times. You know, the reason why I have such affection for your pastor and his wife is because in 1994, I didn't know, but I was dying. I lost 100 pounds. And I wouldn't go to the doctor because every time I got sick, I'd just eat and I'd get well. And then the doctor told my wife, you may not make it. I don't know how your pastor was the bishop or a pastor at that time in New Mexico. He calls me to my hospital room. And my wife, and I'm hurting. My, my, my arms were bruised. They had taken so much blood out. They were testing AIDS, cancer, leukemia, liver, everything. Trying to find out why is this man dying? They found out I had a thyroid problem. It stopped working. It was imbalanced. You die without it. I was skeletal. And yet my wife says, Pastor Prado is on the phone. I said, Pastor Prado? Yes, who? Pastor Victor Prado. Love your pastor. If he did that for me, I can imagine what he's done for you. To call me from another state and to say I'm praying for you and just to say whatever he said. You see, God is saying arise. We can't even hear his word because we're so busy in our own little selfie and dwell there. He says, where do you dwell? In the house of God next to the brook of Seraphim being fed by ravens, bread, and meat. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. The brook went dry. And he came, when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow, widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. You know, the feminists would have a heyday with that. A what? You bring me water in a cup? Who do you think you are? This is a widow. She's got a little boy. Her husband probably died, and her three children she had are dead because of the famine. And you come like a prophet of God? You should give her water. No, that was not the word of God. It was ask the widow. You know, many times God asks us for the hardest thing. You know what is the most hard thing for my wife? It's not our home. It's not anything else. It's the grandchildren. That's the hardest thing to leave. Everything else? I married a Wonder Woman. We were, we were walking into Munich, and I was giving up the ghost because I was carrying more luggage. 
We are not very smart. We decided to bring luggage and bring, you know, for a change of clothes. Don't do that. You go to Germany, just bring minimal. Get some good stuff there. You know, not Neiman Marcus, but I mean, you know, we'll tell you where to go. But don't, 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 don't load your luggage. Have it half empty so you could bring stuff home. So we get into Munich. Taxis are there. We just, we just got off the train. And it's snowing. I mean, it's fresh powder and it's coming down strong. And I tell my wife, let's get a taxi. No, GPS says the hotel's just around the corner. It wasn't. So by the time we got to the hotel, my, my, my wool brown hat and my German and my German wool army type type military type coat was white. We were all white. It was a storm. Why? My wife wanted to go in physically. She wanted to take that land for Jesus. She went in like a wonder. You know, she, she was ahead of us like to the door. She was pulling like two suitcases. You know, when you pair up for a dream, pair up. Chavez, yes? Jessica, if you pair up with someone, pair up with someone that has a dream just like you. When you pair up with someone, pair up with someone that has a warrior spirit like you. Don't settle for pennies. God's in the business of giving us everything and then more. I'm coming to a close. And what does God tell us? Did we finish that verse? So he arose and went to Seraphath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Not just a cup of water. But bring me a red robin hamburger this big with egg on top of it. With everything and bottomless fries. <laughs> you know when God calls you. He doesn't want you to come with, with just what you think he wants. He wants you to bring everything. He will not take just something. He will take everything or nothing. He's a jealous God. Well, I'll give you me, but not my boyfriend. Uh-uh. Honey, you are mistaken. I'll give you me, but not my girlfriend. Oh, you are wrong. I'll give you my musical talent, but not my money, not my job, not my computer at late hours on the iPhone. Uh-uh. It doesn't work that way. My wife has and my daughters know my password. I need a password. You don't know it, but my family knows my password. They know what I am looking at. They know who I dial. They know whatever it is. I don't keep it for them. They know my password. Now, private stuff and all, well, it could be locked. But, you know, your family knows you. And as he was, she was going to get it, he said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Ever felt that, like that? I'm just going to die. You know, I don't even use the word stress much. Because I don't want to give the devil honor. Oh, I'm so stressed. I try not to use that word. I don't use the word shut up either. That's how you speak to animals. I don't use profanity either. Even on a very bad day. Well, maybe I use a little French. You know, I'm sick and tired. But the Lord feeds us. And she said she only had a handful of flour to bin, a little oil in a jar. Have you had an oil and jar 
experience. If you haven't, you haven't gone deep enough. Next verse. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Is there another verse with that? 14. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up. It was empty. She was just going to make a meal for her son and herself, and she would die. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Wow. Whew. Everybody say wow. Now say it believing. Say it with me. How big is your God today? How big? Leo would tell everybody in elementary school, hey, you don't treat me well, watch, my brother's going to beat you up. Look at him. Where is he? Over there. You know what happened to me. I told you, right? Did I tell you? I told him, don't do that again to me. We fight our own battles. So he had less friends. And I had fewer than that friends. We just played basketball and minded our own business. But you see, you don't have to be playing basketball all your life. Shooting the hoop, getting wages, buying a house, having children, getting married to the love of your life. That's not living unless you have had a personal experience, what I've talked about today. Unless you've been fed by ravens, Unless you have had a jar of oil and flour experience, you cannot have an Elijah altar. To end now, 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 33 to 35. What does it tell us? Everybody say amen. amen. Are you hearing the word of God today? Is something stirring in your, in your soul? Can you say amen? Don't say it if you don't mean it. Is something stirring? And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood and said, Fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. Next. And it came to pass at the time of offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant. And that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and even the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, This is what I want you to say. Seize the prophets. Elijah said, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. But he didn't say it that way. Do you see the exclamation marks? He said, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. He just saw fire come down from heaven. He waited all afternoon for these Baal prophets that were false, cutting themselves 
and begging their gods to bring fire down from heaven. He was sick and tired of waiting for false gods to respond. So when fire came down from heaven, he was not amazed. He expected it. He was confirmed and affirmed as a prophet of God. But he said, seize the prophets of Al. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. Here's an altar. We must execute the lion and the bear, the serpent and the dragon, the locust that has wanted to devour every iota of spirituality in our life, in our dreams. We must say to God, seize the bear and the lion. And bring them down, God, so that I can execute them. Woo! Did you hear that? Not until we stand on firm ground. It doesn't matter that you're 11 years old. I've taught this. Sister Chavez, come here. Would you please? I did say please. How are you today? Good. Okay. Who's the youngest young lady here today? Do you know? Okay, young lady, can you come here? If you don't mind. How old are you? Two days ago, okay, why don't you come here? What is your name? Natalie? Your name? Jessica. Jessica. Are you both saved? Have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit? You haven't been baptized yet? No, but you received the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. You received the gift of the Holy Spirit? Okay. So, can I ask you your age? 25. I'm 29. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. You're 13? 12. Okay. Come a little closer. Okay. This is just an example. Okay. You're going to pray for Jessica. She, you're 13. She's 25. She's been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, but she's had some challenges. She's had some bears and lions come in her life. This is just an example. But you have recently received the Holy Spirit. You're not baptized yet. But you come to her and you just met her two days ago in reality, right? Okay, come a little closer. Now, you're going to pray for her. Now, you're not going to get oil and anoint her because we do that. And you're not going to touch her head, but you can go from the shoulder down. Girl to girl, woman to woman. And so you put your hand here, put your hand right here, and there's a need, and you're going to put your other hand up on the shoulder, and you're going to pray for her. And you're going to say, repeat after me, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I rebuke the bear. I rebuke the bear. And the lion in your life. In your life. And, God has told me and God has told me that you will be free. That you will be free. All you have to do, All you have to do is ask him. Is ask him. He's listening. He is listening. Even when you think he's not. Even when you think he's not. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. And you are a dreamer. And you are a dreamer. Because God's given you the dreams. Because God's given you the dreams. You have the eyes of and you have the eyes of an eagle because God gave it to you. And you want more for your life, not less. And he has more to give you than you could ever ask, ever, ever in your life. And I pray in Jesus' name.
Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Now bear with me. Is there a young, is there a young man? I'm going to call you out. Okay. There you are in the blue shirt. Right there. The man with the nice watch. Yes, please. If you don't mind. I'm not going to force anyone, but... You can stand right here, please. How are you doing today? What's your name? Oscar. Oscar. That's awesome. That almost sounds like awesome. <laughs> you know what? We got the same email. Look at that. We're wearing the same practically. Twins. Twins. Praise God. Twins. Praise God. Okay. Now, who's a, a young man here that you know, like youngster? Ben, okay. How old is Ben? I want to say he's uh, 22. Okay, and how old are you, if I may ask? Uh, 36. 36, okay, I'm 38. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, does he want to come? It's up to you. Okay, uh, you want to choose, you want to choose. Someone, someone. Uh, Mr. Joel. Joel, so who's Joel? Okay. Nice striped shirt. How old is Joel? Uh, 25. 25. 23, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> He's like, no. All right, why don't you come over here? Okay, why don't you come over here? Okay. Now, just as an example, as I did with the young ladies, right? Sometimes we think that, that the only way we can live spiritually is with the church and within the church. No, sir. No, no. Sadly mistaken. You are the church. You see this? That's a mortgage, right? You see, that's, that's another mortgage. It all costs, but that's not the church. That's the physical church. We are the spiritual church. Sometimes we think that we've got to call the pastor and let the elders of the church come and anoint us with oil and let us be healed. Why not just do what Sister Chavez asked of Natalie, and what Nat Natalie prayed for Sister Chavez, and and believe me, Stephanie, no, Jessica, felt the touch of God. Come a little closer. He's not going to bite. Well, I don't know, but he's a big dude. Okay, it's okay that I called you in French. Yes, dude. Okay, that was a little French. Now, there's a need in his life. And he doesn't know it, but you've got the answer. And what you're going to do, you're going to pray for him. There, there's no reason why someone that has marched along in life can't reach back in time to 22. You know, for me, it'd be reaching back decades, right? Your pastor and I. reach back you know just because he's broad-shouldered and, and you know big 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 dude he's not gonna look at what's your name Joel. prophet Joel and your name oh, oh, oh wait Oscar awesome Oscar's not gonna uh, you know what uh, no no he is so Joel has a need and Oscar's gonna meet it because he's heard and they work at the same place of business and Oscar is going to pray for Joel so get a little closer and you're going to put your hands on his shoulders just like the ladies did and just an example this is just an example Joel is suffering from fear he's afraid to commit his life 100% to God because he knows that if he does that, he allows God to change him. And once you give God permission, I'm a witness. Once you give God permission, he does not hesitate. 
He will wake you up early morning. He will give you dreams. You will cry for no reason. Because once you open up Revelation chapter 4, I saw an open door in heaven. Malachi chapter 3, the windows of heaven will open. There is no stopping God. Once you say, change me, he will prune. You have fruit, but he will cut it down. Because there's nothing that you and I can possibly do to advance further unless we want to live like a kumquat in this vessel. We will eventually die or remain fruitful but not significant. God is looking for significance. You're going to pray saying, Joel, Joel, in the name of Jesus, I come against the bear and the lion and the devourer, and the devourer that, has looked to kill your good that has looked to kill your good spirit. You have dreams. You have dreams. And there are many times when you have tried to change, but cannot. But, cannot. but I am here to tell you. But I am here to tell you. Unless you are cut down. Unless you are cut down. And transplanted. And transplanted. In pain. In pain. And in anguish. And in anguish. You will not change. You will not change. Only pain will do that. Only pain will do this. God will not use a vessel that's not been cracked or marred. God will not use a vessel that has not been cracked or marked. He will let a vessel live. He will let he will let a vessel live. Like this conquat tree. Like this conquat tree. It will give fruit. It will give fruit. But not the fruit that God has in mind for you. But not the fruit that God has in mind for you. In your future. In your future. And I pray in Jesus' name. And I pray in Jesus' name. To receive the change. To receive the change. I order the bear and the lion to leave, to leave your, heart, your heart, your soul, your soul in, Jesus name. in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Give them a bear hug because I know you can. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Would you stand? I don't know about you, but I felt the Holy Ghost in both instances. You see what God's doing? He wants to raise up warriors. You know, you don't go to the mission field. You don't become a pastor and not exercise this. I'm sure your pastor, and I know your pastor and his wife have been pruned. Growth never comes without pruning. But God is in the business of revival. God is in the business of returning that joy in your life. If there's anyone here today that has a dream, that you feel that you've been cornered by the bear or maybe possibly maybe cornered by the bear and the lion, which is the symbol of the enemy of our souls, the devil, by fear, by doubt, I want you to come here and stand here. Don't kneel yet, but stand. Is there anyone that has a dream that has not been fulfilled and you want more of God? You want to put deep roots, not like this kumquat, but when your pastor has a designated man from the Spanish congregation come and transplant it and dig and put it in fertile ground and keep it watered, it will grow and it will spread its roots. And just like, just like Oscar and Joel and just like Natalie and Jessica, that is a prime example of who you are. Speak the word and my servant will be healed. The centurion said to Jesus, the woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years, that had spent all her money, she apparently was very wealthy and was dying. 
she said to herself as Jesus passed by, if I could just touch, this is when you've gotten to the end of your rope and can't find a knot to hold on to. She could not find a knot, did not have the strength to tie a knot. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be healed. She didn't say me. She said, I know if I could just touch the hem. And as Jesus walked by with her very thin body frailed, she made her way through the crowd. And as Jesus came by, I can imagine with just a very small hand, very weak one, with every ounce of energy that she had left, she touched the hem of his garment and she let go. And as Jesus was pressed by the crowd, the Bible says, like when Elijah said, seize them and bring them to the brook that I might execute all 400 of them. He said, virtue has come out of me. Someone has believed. He walked by. There's no way he could have felt someone touch the border, the, the hem of his garment. But as he walked by, he turned and said, Virtue has come out of me. Who has touched me? Same like the prophet. You know, you, until you get sick and tired of staying in a pot, you give fruit, your leaves are pretty. They get green. But you'll eventually die in there until you get sick and tired. Till you speak French and say, Lord, I'm sick and tired. But when you get sick and tired, the Lord will rush to help you. And you know, I could see in your faces right now that the Lord has your attention, doesn't he? There's someone here that has tears. There's someone here that has never prayed for someone before. But knows that God has been talking to you. Did I tell you my wife had cancer twice and we're still going to the mission field? Did I say that? Twice in the last five years. But each time the Lord has healed her. And now we have a clean bill of health. But why would you do that, we've been asked, because it's the Lord's life. It's not our life. There's someone already feeling the Holy Ghost right there. Right there. I can see it in your eyes. You know what the Bible says? The psalmist says that he puts all your tears in a bottle. Every tear is put in a bottle. That's how big God is. He has a pretty big bottle. He says he puts every tear in a bottle. And he knows and he labels it. What is your name? Marlene? There's a bottle in heaven and it's labeled Marlene. And he sees it. That's Marlene. That's Natalie. That's Jessica. That's Oscar. You know, for a big burly man... They could probably bench 400 to feel the power of God. It's because every time we come to Jesus, we have met our match. New York has just legalized abortion to the ninth month. This world is controlled by people that do not know God. In the arts and sciences, there is no God. Creationism didn't happen. It was Darwinism that gets the prize. God didn't create this. It was the Big Bang. And in the arts, all the singers, all the famous artists, they deny a living God. Most of them. But you and I don't have to do that, do we? What is your name?
Well, over here. In blue and yes. And and your name? God has something special for you. I know that. And you're expecting more. But you see, until I'm talking to the four of you and four and a half. Until you tell the Lord you have permission to take me out of that pot and cut me and then plant me where you want me in that dirt, in that spiritual life, you will not be satisfied. But when you do, God's going to birth in you gifts. And, and God has given you promises. God wants to fulfill them in your life. You know, many people have a pulpit ministry, many of us. I'm sure your pastor was ordained at 19, me at 20. But you don't have to have a pulpit ministry. You could have a public ministry where you're at the park and a bench. And you speak to your friends and you say, you know what? I brought you some burgers here. Let's pray first. There's so much that we could do that we haven't done it. I've heard some voices sing today. You could... You could create, you could create a, a CD, San Fernando CD. That's how good you sing. And I can just imagine how it came down last night. You were rocking and rolling in Jesus. So right now I'm going to speak a word to each of you. Can I do that? I want you to close your eyes. Go ahead with some song, softly. Jesus wants you to know that he has seen your heart and he knows that he knows that you love him, but he wants you to take a step in his direction. Not to be led by your own wisdom, but to look up to him. He has so much to give you both. And he has seen your tears and he knows your travail. In Jesus' name. There's a dream in your life for more and better things to happen. And this baby is one example of the joy and the blessing that God gives. And your life is good and best in him. God wants you to get a hold of him. He wants you to stop right there and speak with him. Would you speak with him? He wants to give you more than you could ever ask. Right now in Jesus' name, ask. The Bible says that if you ask, you shall receive. I pray for in this entire front row right now, this entire front row, God is leading you to your brook. And then your brook is going to go dry. And for some of you, your brook has gone dry. But he has prepared a widow with their, her one child to feed you. And until you step into that position, you will not see the glory of God manifest so abundantly in your life personally because God has given you gifts God has given you dreams and you have not used them completely but he has not forgotten his promises and for the back row I sense that there are ministers future ministers both men and women in public ministry that will speak a word of truth to a friend and not be ashamed to open up the word of God at work with your buddies. There on the job, there are people that need you and you think you're insignificant to God. That is a lie from hell. You are so significant your mind would be blown if you knew God's dream for your life personally. From the youngest, the 11-year-old, and Natalie, to the 13-year-old, to the 26, 
to the 20, to the 37. All of you. God has birthed in you a gift. I would very much like to see, if you can, if you would come forward, this, this entire line right here, this entire line, come forward, this way, right here, stop right there. Come forward, come forward. Okay, next line, I'd like you to come a little closer, a little closer. God's had me do this. This was not scripted, this was not planned. Someone else gonna breach this gap? Good. I need someone else right here. Go ahead. I need a couple more right here. Who wants to come here from this church? One more, one more. Two more, actually, two more. Okay, here he comes. This is what I want you to do. Front row. I want you to turn around and look at the back second row. And you are going to pray for that person. And I want you to know that the Lord will give you words. You know, you know how I feel it? I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I feel like like a warmth come over me. And, and I feel like God is compassionate and merciful. And I see it in, in, their, in the face and the tears. And I know that that person down deep in their soul is dreaming, but can't let out their shout. Seize them and take them to the brook and kill the false prophets in my life. You've got to come to a time where you stop the devil in his tracks and say, no more. Seize them and kill them all. Don't let one escape. You know, God lives in heaven. It's a beautiful place. But every day, the Bible says, every day, Lucifer has access to his throne. He is called the accuser of the brethren. Can you imagine how terrible it must feel to be an archangel that can grab the sun and toss it to eternity? So strong, Michael and Gabriel. And the billions and trillions and zillions of angels that see the devil walk into the throne of God, a most holy place, and accuse the church. And yet, what does Jesus do? God himself. You're accusing Oscar? Is it Jessica? Is it Natalie? Let me look at the record and he comes with a stack to condemn you. And God opens the book and all he sees penned in blood, his blood, forgiven. Stop living your life of yesterday. Live a life of forgiveness. God's in the business of forgiving. What I want you to do is I want you, as you can, I want you to put your hand on her shoulder. If you are a she, you put it on her shoulder. If you are a he, you speak to her. Okay? Okay, so pair up. So if you are a she and she, you put your your hands on his shoulders. But if you are a he and a she, then he can speak to you and you can, how you feel best. Okay, right now, I want you to, I want you to say this. I come against the bear and the lion in your life. I seize him in Jesus' name. And I rebuke the locust and the devourer from taking your awesome blessings that you are given by the Holy Ghost. I don't condemn you. No one does, not even God. 
the devil does daily. God is not our judge right now. On that day, he will be. But right now, all he wants is to give you everything you've never had. And he wants to give it to you awesomely because he's seen your tears because he has seen your struggles because he knows your ambition is to serve but the bear and the lion have come to stop that because he knows that you and I serve an awesome God that if we would gather together like this Forget the age, forget the gender, just know that you know that if you ask in Jesus' name, it will take place. Just like Oscar prayed for Joel, just like Natalie played for just prayed for Jessica, and just as I am praying for you right now. I say, seize them, take them to the brook, and execute them. In Jesus' name, execute the fear, execute the doubt, execute the sin, execute the scorpion, execute the locust. Execute the brook that has fed me bad water and take me to the brook that God has designated for my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I command it in Jesus' name. If you can, if you're girl to girl, give that young lady a, a hug. If you're guy to guy, give him a hug if not give him a high five give him a high five amen as we sing praise the Lord give it to God there it is right there praise God you know I see those tears and I know that God's working you see that you see the hugs right here just see you know what I see right now I see the angels in here they're so big that they have to get down here like this they cannot they do not understand this but they know it's God but they can never experience this because they are God's creation without the Holy Ghost they are directed by the Holy Ghost but we have the Holy Ghost that's the difference Young lady, those tears that you have, sister, those tears that you have, God's doing something awesome in your life. The dad, he wants to be grounded. He wants to be rooted. He wants to recognize the voice of God. That hug that you are receiving right now. God's given it to you with all his glory. God has more to give you. God wants you to change your generation. He wants you to lift up and not step on those needs and walk away and forget about them. He wants you to identify the need and speak the word of truth. Even if it hurts, even if it pains you, God wants to use you. You are significant to him. God wants to touch life your life in Jesus' name. God wants to make you the head and not the tail. 